Howdy, hey guys, gals, and other pals, ghouls of all ages. Welcome back to Shadow Running on Empty, a podcast where we fill your noggin with some sweet, sweet lore. I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, the immaculate, the enigmatic, the magnanimous. Austin, how's it going? Uh, some of those words definitely pertain. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, it's going, man. It's good. It's an, another week here talking about things that are on the up and up and definitely not shady or criminally related in any way, shape, or form. Speaking of criminal relations, uh, Easy, how you doing this week, man? I didn't do it. I mean, what? I'm I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. More what like so about? sleazy mode. Hey, I'm not one specific lawyer that you may know from our actual play media darling media darling very lawyer. trustworthy seen all his commercials definitely doesn't ambulance chase nah that that's that's easy money it's too easy right i mean we've never seen you and sam hickory in the same room at the same time before easy so there mm. wait a minute hmm well, I mean, I have to throw on my orc costume, I guess. <laughs> costume? That's, I think you mean take Aww. off your human costume. Oh, sad. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, we're getting into this now. What's, what's wrong with being an orc, huh? No, that I have to take off my human costume. Oh. Yeah. Just accept me as an orc. <laughs> Someday. I mean, let's be real. That's probably what I would be in the sixth world. <laughs> hey, man, I'd love to be a troll or a goblin, as we've established. Ah, uh, yes, the goblin. Well, those are long and far away from what we'll be talking about this evening. We're going to go on a trip and talk about a little-known crime organization in the sixth world referred to as the sulfur rings where have we heard this name before mayhaps in lore it's come up in the underworld before when you think of crime and organized crime in the sixth world usually you're going to go to things like the mafia the yakuza the vori things that we've already kind of touched on the sulfur rings are relatively new to the scene and we'll get into where they come from and how they come about. You think the Yakuza are not to be trifled with. Well, wait until you hear about these particular individuals. Where better to start than with their history? This is a quote from one of the first Shadowlands posts that speaks about the Sulper Rings. Our organization has a long and distinguished heritage. Throughout our history, there have been those who have attempted to destroy or enslave us, but we have always fought back and prevailed because we are stronger than our enemies. We have learned the lessons of pain and war, and we know how to survive in the new age that lies before us. The old men of the Yakuza still cling to their pale traditions, while we of the Sulpa forge ahead and build the rings that will encompass them all. And that post was by Caillou, a member of the Chosen Ring. 
Caillou? How did he fall so far? He was a good kid. He was so good. It, well, he probably grew a head of hair and it made him very evil. Mm, that'll do it. That was the first Shadowland posting on the Sulpur Rings. And despite the fact that contemporary Sulpur Ring members often talk about, quote, the long and distinguished heritage of their organizations, no one's ever found any early evidence of the rings or any conclusive link between today's rings and any similar organization to come out of Korea. Some criminal rings and anti-government gangs, which some modern historians refer to as sulfur rings, did exist in Korea at the end of the past century. Some of these organizations were behind the pro-democracy protesters who staged the bloody and violent demonstrations against President Chungdu Hwan in 1987. Others were just your standard burglar... burglar. I'm gonna take a minute. Burglar... burglary. Yeah. And street crime gangs. There is no substantial or there is substantial doubt as to whether or not any of them called themselves Sulpa Rings, or if later historians simply applied the term to these groups in response to the modern rings claims of uninterrupted descent from ancient predecessors. So, yes, they come from Korea, whether they actually have a long traditional standing history is something that is debated back and forth. The rings exist now, and over the past dozen years, the Sulpa rings have successfully challenged the traditional dominance of major organized crime syndicates in their own markets to become a force that must be reckoned with in the underworld. In particular, the Sulpa rings have become a thorn in the side of the Yakuza in North America and Southeast Asia but the Yakuza have nobody to blame but themselves for the problem because they were largely largely responsible for the creation of the rings in the first place. And this is where we get to how the Japanese are mostly to blame for the creation of this organized crime gang. Many Japanese have viewed Koreans as in the inferior race. Mm. Yes, this, mm. this this gets talked about. And Korea itself as an inferior nation. Because of this, the Japanese Yakuza considered the Korean underworld unworthy of its intention and ignored Korea's potential markets for most of its history. This changed at the end of the 20th century. Japan's tremendous economic growth of the previous 40 to 50 years had begun to slow while the economics of the, quote, mini dragons, namely Korea and Taiwan, were gaining strength. South Korea was quickly becoming an economic powerhouse and some of the Yakuza leaders began to reassess their traditional prejudice against doing business in Korea. Quietly, several Yakuza began operations in South Korea where they quickly and efficiently took control of Korea's organized crime and turned the Korean syndicates into vassals of the Yakuza. 
in their attempt to hold on to the new markets, the Yakuza began to allow Koreans into their, quote, management ranks for the first time. As time passed, increasing numbers of Koreans joined, and soon the Koreans had become a tolerated, even accepted, part of the Yakuza. Organized crime, bringing people together. Love to see it. Right? Especially in their foreign nations. There's a second influx of Koreans into the Yakuza, followed uh, the gang war in Seattle between the Yakuza and the Mafia in 2032. So when that war goes off between the two of them, there's another influx of Koreans into the, into the Yakuza ranks. And they are mostly senior leadership that was being introduced. And these leaders find a small but fiercely loyal Korean population in Seattle where they can recruit new members. Primarily just out of Seattle? Yes. Fearing that Seattle's Korean gangsters were planning to seize control of the city's Yakuza, the head in the Seattle area, the Watara, began to exert more direct control over the operations of their leaders with large numbers of Korean leaders. They had the large numbers of Korean leaders. Understandably, those Korean leaders began to chafe under their control when they realized that Watada was not subjecting predominantly Japanese to such interference. The Koreans began to fear a resurgence of anti-Korean prejudice and the reestablishment of direct Japanese rule over their operations. In response, Korean Oyuban began to take precautions and establish an organization within an organization, a Korean syndicate serving Korean interests within the Yakuza. So these, this point, these are like two separate entities or they're like, so the, the Yakuza had seen the potential in Korea, went and established themselves in South Korea. Then when the Yakuza made the migration across the Pacific into the Seattle market, a lot of those Korean-made Yakuza followed them. And then when the war breaks out between the Mafia and the Yakuza, the Koreans that are in the, the Yakuza see the opportunity to kind of gather their power because their numbers had been increasing. And then the traditional Japanese Yakuza see this as a problem and so start to put primarily pure Japanese members into positions of management and overseeing operations. And so in response to that, the Koreans band together and secretly create their own Korean syndicate within the Yakuza to try to fly under the radar. Reptifuge once again. <laughs> plans within plans within plans. In January of 2043, Akira Watara responded to the refusal of his demands by sending a shadow army of assassins into the Seattle Metroplex. This was him trying to regain the loyalty of the dissenting Koreans. He tried to do it diplomatically. And when he realized his efforts were be being wasted, he issued the ultimatum to pledge complete and undying loyalty to the Watara Rengo or suffer the consequences. 
and the Korean leaders told him to pound sand. And so in 2043, he sends his shadow army of assassins into Seattle. Within days, most of the Korean leaders and many of their close personal followers are dead. Only a handful escape. Estimates range from three to maybe 15 survivors of the purge. And this is more to like gain loyalty through fear or just like, hey, scorched earth. It was basically scorched earth. Watada said, pledge your undying loyalty to me or suffer the consequences. And the leaders of the Korean syndicate didn't respond and didn't think anything would happen to them because Watada is back in Japan. They thought they were untouchable. Clearly, they were not. I like to think there was like a Godfather-esque moment where it's just a montage of people getting murdered. Like, he's there... Uh, the the christening of one of his his nephews or something, and in the background you're just seeing cutscenes of a bunch of ninjas breaking into houses, murdering people. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a specific Marvel show I'll say uh, that had a one of my favorite sequences in the show, which was just a montage of this organization getting basically dismantled from the inside through key members getting assassinated one by one and it's brutal wow um, and I, I that's all i could think about with this was like people just being like okay and now everyone's dead like you know just over over some kind of like wedding song or something like in in this case yeah. <laughs> well the three to fifteen uh survivor number comes from like the senior leadership of the Koreans. Who's left? Yeah, of who's left. There could have been hundreds that did escape, but they would have been like lesser gang members or maybe they had just started. The the Watada Rengo was primarily looking to take out the senior leadership. Cut off the head. Mm-hmm. Very much cut off the head. Uh, the high level of disloyalty that led to the ultimatum and the wave of assassinations had been limited to Seattle. But Watada believed it was only a matter of time before the same events occurred in other North American cities whose Yakuza contained a high percentage of Koreans. It was time to purge and purify the Yakuza, he decided. Orders went out and the, quote, Korean taint was purged from the upper ranks of the North American Yakuza within one year. Oh, so this wasn't just an overnight thing? No, it took one year. The overnight was the Seattle purge. Oh. Yeah. It didn't stop there. No, he was afraid that it had filtered out to the rest of their North American interests. And this leads to the creation of the rings. Among the survivors of what comes to be known as the schism was one of the most influential of the Korean Oyuban. Stories and rumors about Park Jai Kayu suggest that he may have been half Japanese himself, possibly the son of an influential Oyuban and his Korean mistress. 
The tales also suggest that Park had some magical talent for something called spirit vision, clairvoyance, and precognition. And that may have saved his life during the schism. No one disputes that it was Park who organized the first modern Sulpa rings. Realizing that the surviving Koreans lacked the resources to stand up to the Akaza directly and recognizing that tracking individuals be more difficult than tracking groups, Park and his followers split up and went underground. Individually, they started recruiting followers of their own, forming many independent gangs throughout the Northwest. And these become the first Sulpa rings. These recruiting patterns that are established by Park and his men are still in use today. Each ringleader recruited individuals he knew from the streets, telling these recruits that they were simply joining a small local gang or crime ring. Initially, each of Park's followers recruited 12 new members. In turn, each member was then ordered to seek out 11 recruits of their own. Within a matter of months, each of these gangs numbered 145 members and began establishing small spheres of influence in the underworld of the Seattle sprawl. And then they tell two friends, and then they tell two <laughs> friends, and so on, and so on. Welcome to the Sulpa Rings, our organized pyramid scheme of underground crime. Uh, only after new recruits had proven themselves to the satisfaction of their, quote, ringleaders, were they told the true nature of the organization they joined, a loose confederation of rings dedicated to stealing market share from the Yakuza and eventually challenging the Japanese gumi for dominance of Seattle's underworld. Of course, the first of these new recruits were almost exclusively Korean. This quickly changed under the guidance of Park. Park believed that the homogenous nature of the Yakuza was the organization's greatest weakness. And he concluded that diversity would strengthen his rings. At that same time, Park recognized that the Yakuza's sense of tradition and unity provided strength as well. And he realized that his confederation needed a tradition of its own to provide its members with a collective identity, a sense of belonging, and a shared destiny. Turning to Korean cultural traditions, he quickly found something that would serve this purpose. Within days, Park called a meeting of the individual ringleaders and described to them his vision. Drawing on accounts of various crime rings and anti-government groups from Korean history, Park described an ongoing anti-Japanese movement, the Sulpa rings. The new groups the ringleaders had assembled, Park said, were part of this tradition, part of a centuries-old association with a proud and glorious history. And as part of that historical association, the new rings had an obligation and a destiny to oppose the Japanese wherever and whenever the opportunity arise. I don't know how 
how you can claim that as a destiny, really. Their birthright, some might say. We are only here to stop the Yakuza. <laughs> Period. With murder. Yes, murder. Murder is the optimal choice. When in doubt, murder it out. Or, I'm sorry, purify it out. Right. So that's how they originally get started. Their organization and operations. Today, or currently, each individual ring operates independently and is completely self-contained. Compared to Yakuza families and mafia regimes, typical Sulpa rings are small, usually with fewer than 30 sworn members. Individuals who have gone through blood initiation into the ring itself. And we're just talking like old school blood bonds, not like, hey, we're putting your vial, a vial of your blood in like this ritual circle. Because I haven't mentioned, I haven't heard much outside of, much in the way of Shadowrun esque, you know, gang warfare, but also uh, ghouls, you know? <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Well, the sworn members who go through the blood are, uh, initiation are considered the elite of the rings uh, to protect the rings the sworn members never tell their secret operatives what they are really working for a sulpa ring consequently the street operatives simply assume they're working for a small-time gang let me see if i can find where the blood ritual is mentioned here and it's not okay so so this is within an, another organization and they're kind of like a, a circle within that? Well, the ring itself only has like a, I guess an, an inner, inner council or, or something like that. Like there's only maybe 15 to 30 members that are considered like made men. They're, they're the anointed. They're the ones that have gone through the blood ritual, right? The chosen. The chosen. Uh, and they're allowed to then kind of operate however they want, keeping the interests of their ring in the forefront, but not really conveying that to any of their subordinates. Schemes within schemes. Well, considering they originally are originating from within inside the Yakuza, yeah. Uh, here is your initiation. Yay. Uh, initiation rituals within the Sulpa rings are designed to weed out moles or potential spies, which is likely a legacy from the early years of the rings when they had to be on the lookout for assassins from the Yakuza. These rituals are normally pretty brutal, as they also serve as, quote, tests of strength. It can vary from ring to ring. Uh, with some of them having a ritual that involves more physical torture over psychological torture or vice versa. Okay, so it's it's you're not not just anybody's gonna get into these circles. No. If you want to be the elite, you have to go through physical torture, psychological torture, or a mix of both in a test of strength. So it's how long can you hold out? All right, now we're going to have the guy come in that has covered his hands in crushed glass, and he's just going to punch you in the stomach repeatedly until you fall over. And then he's going to keep punching you. 
<laughs> and then you might ask him to stop punching it, but then he's going to keep punching it a little bit more. And then right when you think he's done punching it, like a couple more. Mm-hmm. Jokes on them, just don't fall over. <laughs> oh, snap. He's They'll never get me. I've cemented my feet to the floor. I buried myself under six feet of concrete. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, because of their size, where they're relatively small, right? These sulpa rings limit themselves to only certain types of operations. Typically, they concentrate on street gambling, thievery, and occasionally prostitution, drugs, and chips. Oh, okay. As in like microchips. Yes, as in beetles, not okay. not like bags of potato chips. <laughs> mm, I don't know, man. They're pretty addicting. Mm, once once you pop, right? Once you pop, you have sold your house and your family no longer talks to you. Once you pop, you have to get psychologically tortured to enter the inner workings of the ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you also have to think of how terrible the psychological torture would be, especially if you have a magic user. Yeah, I didn't think about that, right? I mean, but you know, you, you gotta just like any organized warring uh, 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 institution, you gotta break them down to build them back up again. Mm. Mm-hmm. So rings usually form around influential individuals and often disintegrate if that individual is removed or killed. Like Saturn. <laughs> yes frequently senior lieutenants split from their parent rings and form their own rings most commonly with the blessing of the original rings leader a ring leader if you will a ring leader if you will yes no central managing body oversees the sulpa rings there is no equivalent of the mafia's commission so in the sense that the rings follow the Yakuza family model where they're all self-contained. Unlike the Yakuza, however, very little direct conflict ever occurs between individual Sulpa rings. No waves of assassination, no turf wars, almost no rivalry whatsoever. Sulpa rings are also very progressive by the standards of organized crime. They're always, they've always been willing to use all of the tools the Sixth World has to offer to their advantage. Spend any time around the rings and you'll see their soldiers tricked out with flashy combat cyberware, as well as plenty of magic. In fact, a few Seattle rings are organized around magicians and frequently recruit wizard gang members or street meat that has the talent. Can we start referring to DSB as street meat? Can that be his new nickname? I mean, if you want to get it started, okay, you, you go cool. ahead and try. All right, cool. I leave it to you guys. What it do, Dr. Street Meat? Also, I feel like it makes sense that, you know, a organized uh, crime syndicate basically formed due to prejudice and racism would be more of an inclusive organization. Go figure, right? I, yeah. I who Who would have thought? Who would have seen that one coming? Definitely not the Yakuza. 
It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it's come back to bite them. Uh, the rings that do use magic or center around a magical individual, uh, these gangs use spells, ritual sorcery, and spirits as part of their criminal enterprises. Most of the time with frightening effectiveness. You have to think that if uh, one of the rings is centered around a magical individual and he gathers other people that have the talent to them to form uh, a magical gang, they're also most likely an initiate group as well. So more power by joining up together. Together, street meet strong. Mm-hmm. Street meat straw. Uh, in the early days of the Sulper Rings, candidates for recruitment were all members of Seattle's Korean community. This practice minimized risks of penetration and of subversion because the members' common ethnic heritage strengthened their loyalty to one another and greatly increased the difficulty of infiltrating the rings. Additionally, all the original members of Park Sulper Rings were fluent in the Korean language, so they could use ordinary Korean phrases for their recognition codes and communications. It's like, it's like if gang warfare meant like just spies, mm-hmm. just in general. That's dope. And currently, the rings still use Park's two-phase recruitment system. First phase, new members are inducted into what they think is a local gang. Only after they've proved themselves worthy in the eyes of the local ringleader are they initiated into the central cadre. That means the sulper rings usually operate one or two front gangs for recruitment. This has also led to increasing connections between Seattle's sulper rings and the gangs of Seattle. Now, forgive me if you've touched on this, but is this, like, based at all in any real-world gangs, like, like this particular organization? Uh, let me check for you. Hey, Chummers, if you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel and give us a thumbs up. If you are listening on Spotify or another podcast streaming service, please rate the episode and share it so we can get it out to the other like-minded Shadowrun individuals. You can also subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash critical underscore hits five bucks a month gets you behind the scenes looks also we'll put you in touch to be able to hear those worm talk episodes and finally you guys down in the description you will find an affiliate link for drive through rpg it's got everything that you could possibly need over there new rpgs new modules supplements adventures whenever you're going to check out of drive through rpg just drop that in to the affiliate link and that would help us out in the long run and with that i thank you guys very much and now let's get back to the show so there isn't a real world connection to this the sulpa rings almost exclusively grow out in the sixth world from the yakuza connection Uh, currently in our in our timeline the crime syndicate that exists in south korea is more mafia style that we know of that we know of yeah the korean underworld (laughs) not something that i uh originally looked into but uh 
Yeah, they were much more styled after the Mafia in our current timeline. Okay. So the Sulpa Rings in the Sixth World is something unique, especially to the Sixth World and the way that they recruit. You'll be happy to know that the Sulpa Rings recruit both humans and metahumans of all different races and backgrounds. Hell yeah. They focus more on the candidates' abilities and loyalty as being far more important than their bloodline or heritage. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the specific ring leader might not have some prejudices that shine through, but that's on the particular ring leader. You're just kind of rolling the, like, bigot dice. (laughs) Right. So... There is an in-depth look into one of the initiation rituals of one of the rings. Uh, It's the initiation of the Chango ring. The Chango ring initiation was an eight-hour ordeal conducted by the ringleader and his lieutenants. The candidate had to be recommended by a ring member and at least two other members personally familiar with the candidate had to second the recommendation before the ringleader would consider the candidate. During the first three months of the candidate's membership in the ring, sort of a probationary membership, the sponsor was responsible on pain of death for the actions of the candidate. If the candidate screwed up in any way or was exposed as an infiltrator, the candidate would be killed out of hand. The member who had recommended that candidate would also be executed. Oh my God. And the two other members who seconded the candidacy would be tortured within a millimeter of their lives. But they wouldn't die though. They wouldn't die though. (laughs) This guaranteed that no one recommended a candidate without being pretty fragging certain the candidate was on the up and up. (laughs) Uh, The initiation itself took place in the basement of a condemned warehouse. The candidate was led to the place by their sponsor and the two seconders. Buck naked and blindfolded, they had to walk into the middle of a ring of members, all masked, wearing ritual headdresses and robes, and explain in perfect idiomatic Korean why they wanted to join the ring. Idiomantic? Idiomatic? Ew. Idiomatic Korean. Like perfect Korean. Oh, okay. Like fluent? Fluent. You have to speak fluent Korean of why you want to join. The ringleader would ask a few symbolic questions, which were answered by the candidate's sponsor. Then the ringleader asked the candidate a final question. What is it you want most the answer light the blindfold would be removed and the initiation moved on to the next stage the candidate then would recite an oath swearing to their undying soul that they'd remain true until and beyond death to the ring and all its members on the pain of horrendous punishment then the candidate was put to the ordeal, which is basically being tortured physically and magically. Every half hour or so, the ring members had them had the candidate repeat the same oath, 
and they'd have to get it word perfect no matter what unpleasantness the candidate was undergoing at the moment. The ordeal lasted a full eight hours. The ring members then cleaned up the candidate and dressed them in a ritual robe and headdress. Then the candidate knelt before the ring leadership and recited the oath one last time. Only then did the candidate become a member of the Shango ring. And that's just to be a probationary member in the elite. So there's your initiation for what you have to endure if you want to join a Sulpa ring. That was just one ring's version of initiation. They could differ from ring to ring. I want to know what was the the tamest initiation, really. Uh, the tamest initiation would probably maybe only last five hours instead of eight. Yeah, but I want to know the specific. Uh, well, it's still horrendous torture. Um, I mean, if they don't have a magic user in the particular ring, then it's going to be probably a mix of physical and psychological torture. Like I said, mostly physical, though. Like you're probably being beaten with sticks while having to recite the oath every hour or so. And if you don't recite it perfectly, they continuously beat you with sticks until you recite it perfectly. I was a big fan. I want like the one where they're like, they just have a really, they, they just have really thorough heart to hearts and it makes people uncomfortable to talk about their feelings. <laughs> and so then they're like, nah, man, I'm good. Well, you have to think of the other terrible things that they could do. If they go the full magical route, they could set up a ritual and then, you know, take some of your blood and keep it so that if you were to ever betray your oaths to the ring, they could use your blood and ritual sorcery to get at you wherever you are in the world. Ah, yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> There it is. And that's where the second movie happens, where we get a second coup-like montage where it's mm. a bunch of people getting blood magics remotely and then they're just exploding. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have very realistic expectations. Of course. Uh -huh. So the, the Sulpa Rings have a reputation of being ruthless and adaptive to new technologies and magics. Although the ring's power has begun to wane with the growth of the Native American mobs and the encroachment of the Vori. Native American mobs? Yeah, Native American mobs. Oh, okay, okay. The, the Nan have underground crime as well. Like, it's not just unique to hmm. the Yukos or the Kos. <laughs> You know what? Now that you've said that out loud, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. The Shotozumi Rengo was formed. The Shotozumi-sama offered peace to the Sulpa rings so that they could unite against their common foe, the Watanabe Rengo, who were you know, the guys that originally screwed over the Koreans in the beginning. However, the Sulpa Rings reject the peace offering and attempt to assassinate Shotozumi-sama. War then follows in which the Shotozumi-rengo virtually annihilates the Sulpa Rings of Seattle to the point where only two remain. 
the Chosen Ring and the Komon Go Ring. Those are the only two surviving Sulper Rings after the uh, the downfall. The Sulper Rings did expand to a couple of the states that were formed out of the United States. They expanded into cities like San Francisco, L.A., New York, Chicago, and Atlanta. And though the Sulper Rings were mostly wiped out in Seattle and were extinguished in Chicago, there are Sulper Rings elsewhere in the country. For example, in New York City, the Sulper Rings continue to be major players in the underworld. And they have expanded outside of North America, especially in Russia. Uh, another nation with Sulper Rings is the Allied German States. They haven't made their way into uh, the African continent yet, though. That we know of. That we know of. We just have the two remaining Sulper Rings in Seattle uh, by the time of current current timeline of 2080. There's only two left in Seattle. After they've done so much to keep themselves hidden, what do you guys think of the Sulper Rings, the Korean gang? Needs more coups. <laughs> Against who? <laughs> Yes. Because <laughs> there's so many layers of subterfuge. It just feels like there should be a betrayal on top of another betrayal. And then we have a, a you know, like a mini drama where one of them is in one ring, but they're actually part of another ring. Mm-hmm. And then they they enter one of the rings to see if there's something suspicious going on but then they grow really close to the people in the ring and then Mm -hmm. have to betray them inevitably and then you know just go from there this is sounding like a telenovela drama now i don't know why but that sentence sounded so so good (laughs) novella drama (laughs) and then just call it rings i don't know Just just call it rings I mean, I always appreciate a good organized crime system that's really for the people, you know? It's for the people. Yeah. I mean, this one is definitely for the people. You've got the grassroots movements reaching out to your local gangs. Yeah, the racism. Are you feeling downtrodden by your current living? Well, have we got an organization for you to join? Oh, neat. Meet us down at the Y. Okay. Smash cut to torture. <laughs> Smash cut to horrible torture. Listen, I know what I know that you've heard the rumors about us, but really at the end of the day, we're just a multi-level misdemeanor organization <laughs> that's really just looking for new members to help us mm-hmm, commit mm-hmm. small-time felony. Would yeah, you like that's... to be your own boss? <laughs> Don't join this. <laughs> Are you tired of having the system tell you what to do? Would you rather have somebody bigger and stronger than you tell you what to do instead? <laughs> Governments are too front-facing. We have people who work behind the scenes, behind those scenes. <laughs> Come wear your robe and ritual headdress. <laughs> Our people in charge don't even have faces. <laughs> sand them off so it's not to be identified mm. by the by the police like fingerprints ah i've watched that movie he burns his fingertips and cuts them with razor blades you can't get a clean match oh my god i i thought you were for sure i thought you were referencing face off 
Oh, <laughs> that's completely different. And I was like, yeah, I guess that does technically count. He did get rid of his face so as not to be identified. <laughs> I was thinking of smoking aces. Uh, also fair. Uh-huh. Also a good one. Yeah. No, face off. That's that is a reference right there. You know, I, I, I feel like in the spirit of this, in the spirit of the uh the topic that we talked about this evening, mm-hmm. what what are what are your guys' favorite organized crime movies? Oh no. Oh boy. If as as is tradition, if needed, I can get the ball rolling for us here. Because I've thought about this. Okay. And it's Let's... it's all it's always a toss-up for me between my top two. What are your top two? Pulp fiction. Uh-huh. And Snatch. Ooh. And if I had to pick one, it's probably Snatch. That is a good one. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see because I, I believe we broached this exact same topic on our guest episode. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yes. I'd love to see. Because I remember too that it, I only remember this because when you're asking me, I was like, oh, God, I still don't know movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'll throw I'll throw one out there that's kind of a, a curveball that still fits in the same vein of organized crime like Snatch and Pulp Fiction. Uh-huh. Layer Cake. Oh, good old Layer Cake, man. Not enough people have seen Layer Cake. Right? Honestly, probably my favorite uh, Daniel Craig movie. Mm-hmm. He's so good in that movie. Another decent uh, organized crime movie, Eastern Promises. Oh. That is really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people like The Departed. I mean, I like the Departed. it's it's probably my favorite Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. It's definitely my favorite Mark Wahlberg movie. He's so good in that movie. <laughs> That's true. I, I will agree with that. Uh, we could go uh, old school and always include Goodfellas. True. I mean, Goodfellas, Casino, Godfather, like uh, any yeah. movies from like any any crime movies from the 70s or 80s. You're probably just in a good spot. Any one of those. Uh, those are all heavily just mafia influence. Yeah. You know, actually, you know what? is one that I do want to do a rewatch of Mm -hmm. that I do think is good, but also not never really talked about is uh, only God forgives. This is the second movie from the guy that did drive Mm -hmm. that also has uh, Ryan Gosling in it. But that Mm -hmm. one is very much like a, uh, I think it takes place in Thailand, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And so kind of, bringing it back around Mm, it very much is heavily influenced by like eastern yeah it is thailand it's like eastern asia organized crime outside of the scope of the mafia or the yakuza Mm -hmm. so it's one that i've been meaning to watch again because i remember enjoying it when i saw it not as much as drive but right still an enjoyable enjoyable watch uh you want another organized crime that this one deals more with the Yakuza and is in Los Angeles but it focuses more on the uh, the detective right 
but he's mm-hmm. dealing with the the Japanese crime syndicate. Rising Sun. I don't think I've ever seen Rising Sun. Wesley Snipes, Sean Connery. Ooh, okay. Oh. You have my intrigue. <laughs> 93, too. This is prime mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes. Prime Wesley Snipes era. Now, are we counting movies that have like organized crime as like a, an element of it, or it's like strictly about organized crime? Because I, I'm looking up, I looked up organized crime movies to see if I had seen these. Now okay. you're on a list. <laughs> as I am always. Um, uh, for some reason, Rock and Rolla is put under organized crime thrillers. And I remember seeing that and really enjoying uh-huh. that. Um, I also, it also just makes me think of like, Again, um, Smoke and Aces kind of reminds me of that, but that's not, I don't know if that's exact. Oh, Gang is in New, Gangs of New York? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I I would argue that all of those fall under the umbrella. I mean, Smoke and Aces is about them trying to kill a witness in a, in, a, in a mob crime-related yeah. case. Yeah. And l- literally anything directed by Guy Ritchie, I think you could just <laughs> umbrella as <laughs> some type of mob. Does, um, yes, that's true. Does, does bullet train count? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would I, say so. I mean, there I'll, is I'll a throw it in there. family in there. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's it's hilarious it's, movie. Hilarious, oh, real good. It's all interconnected underworld types. Yes, yeah. I think I think I think anything underworldy would not not literally underworld. That oh, was last man. episode. That was last <laughs> episode. There is organized crime there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that would definitely count. Hell yeah! Then that's that's up there for me. Yeah, Bullet Train was really good. So it was so good. <laughs> a lot of these other uh, organized crime movies focuses a lot on the uh, the police aspect as well. See, I think that I like it better when it's and and I think it's probably part of the reason why I enjoy like the Tarantino and Guy Ritchie approach to it more is I like seeing the people in crime doing crime things mm-hmm. more than I like the detective trying to stop the crime things. Yes. Cause I, I find that so much less interesting because it's always the same story, you know? Well, that like, is true. The, the departed the is tropes. The yeah. departed is kind of like the best we've ever gotten in terms of like a, even like a slight subversion mm-hmm. to like your typical crime mafia police drama movie. But it's I I think it's more fun watching criminals be bad guys than it is you know watching cops yeah. be good guys. Yeah. Whoa, I love that. Uh, you want one that is just all criminals being bad guys? Mm-hmm. Watch uh, watch the Usual Suspects. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Also yeah, classic. Yeah, if you've never seen it, highly recommend it. Uh, definitely with the focus on the bad guys oh one here that popped up that i still haven't seen is leon the professional <gasps> that is that is just like a shadow run-esque movie without cyberware <laughs> it, it really is i've been wanting to see it for such a long time it, it's, i i would got... say take take time if you can and definitely watch it yeah it is very good time you just need to find some time to watch it. It's okay. it's super super good. Uh, I think it would even possibly inspire you. Um, 
because uh, I could have seen your character uh, of Zero possibly going a little bit of the way of Leon. Really? <laughs> yes, yes. Ah. It's not French enough. Yeah, just not French enough. <laughs> Repro- replace, uh, replace the Russian with French, and then there you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so right. That's that's all Zero needed was a really great, fr- tasteful French accent. <laughs> and a small child to keep him grounded. And a small child to keep him grounded. I, I would like, yeah, and he's already a dwarf. <laughs> I would like to go to the Taco Temple. He's <laughs> my only way from home. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be so much funnier when you actually watch the movie. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I, I, I also think you'll be surprised by some of the actors that are in that movie. I I know of one very old man that mm-hmm. I'm very excited to uh-huh. see as uh-huh. a very people, bad man. Some people might say that he's a Gary old man. Oh. Gary, Gary old indeed. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> so great it, especially in that movie he's who yeah oh boy yeah i saw one clip out of context i was like this seems awful <laughs> here oh yeah, uh, yeah. Good yeah. very good villain, good villain. Mm. Mm-hmm. A, a quality bad guy that again would fit perfectly into the setting of the city he's world. he's got real big fucking shadow run energy man like mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he feels like he could be some type of higher up oh you could use him as a mob boss definitely. oh yeah yeah i mean i i think that i i i feel like an apropos fitting would be have him be some type of uh corrupt uh officiant for aries mm-hmm that would work. I could would see be pretty, that. Would be pretty good. I and mean, then you could keep and, it true, true to true to the film, and just have him be a corrupt Lone Star official. Can we? Can we just make like a corrupt Ares hierarchy that are all the different major roles are filled out by Gary Oldman characters? <laughs> you have you have his character from Leon at the top, and then his number one underling and actual arms runner is just Zorg from Fifth Element. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, create an entire uh, branch of Ares that is run by Gary Oldman characters. Oh, I want this. I want this now. You know what? We'll get the list together. We'll get cracking on it. We'll your start... your 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 uh, attaché to Atsland is just Dracula from Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, why not? Vampires are real, remember? Aha! We got them! <laughs> uh, I never said they weren't. Sixth world is full of terrible, crazy things. The sixth world is dark and full of terrors. Uh, yes. Y- yes, it is. Well, that's a question that we'll have to put to our audience. You guys, what is your favorite uh, organized crime-related movie? Be sure to let us know what yours is. And also, if you want to uh, drop suggestions for the Gary Oldman branch of Aries, <laughs> I am open to taking requests for this. And uh, we'll try and build it out. And maybe one day we'll we'll launch it and share it with the rest of everyone. 
If you at home have any tips on how to get into organized crime, please be sure to tag us all of them. <laughs> Very specific tips. <laughs> uh, but nothing where I have to uh, endure a eight-hour torture session to, to join. No, thank you. That's why you're a quitter. <laughs> uh, that's why I'll never be part of the Sulper Rings. I can't, can't survive through eight hours of torture. Call me old I fashioned. I mean, huh? Yeah. Huh? yeah what? Fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 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 So after hearing about the sulfur rings, uh, not joining up, huh? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. Mm, no, crime is bad. Crime, bad. Torture, very bad. So of the uh organized crime uh branches that we have talked about the mafia the yakuza the sulpa rings the vori who are you leaning towards if you had to join an organized crime outfit who would who would you join in the sixth world it might it might be biased but i've seen some stuff about like the yakuza how they are they do some god awful things, but they also, you know, they, they, I mean, they, they support the community sometimes. They are very community centric, yes. So that's kind of cool. Guys? Uh, Austin, what are, you, what are you feeling? I mean, mine would also be the Yaks, but that's just because I'm a huge weeb. So. Yeah. <laughs> also, they keep you su- supplied in manga. That that's all you need. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> listen, I'll listen. I'll walk the streets of Akihabara for the X if they need a man on the street. I don't know. <laughs> no problems here. I have to take my union mandated pachinko break at six o'clock, but <laughs> pachinko break. Uh well, I guess I would be the uh, the odd one out then, and. Uh... I would lean towards um, the sopa rings. It was all an elaborate ruse. Ah, no, no, no. Uh, that the Vori gang that runs that um, crime island in Russia, where oh, they, yeah. they have the the pirate gangs that yeah. fight against the Vikings. Yeah, sign me up. Oh shit! <laughs> I, how could I forget? Right, you don't want to join our vampire, the vampire go gang in the, uh, in the lava no, fields. No, 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 no. But, Something about but, daylight but, burning my skin. But easy, uh, no. you could finally live out your lost boys fantasy if you join the vampire <laughs> go gang that lives in the lava fields. Yes, if I join the vampire go gang that we created that lives in Puyallup, <laughs> the uh-huh. lava flows. Uh-huh. I could live out my my dream. A fantasy uh, of being part of of being a lost boy <laughs> the lost boy yes yes only when among the lost boys are you truly found right only then but still no no i mean if they were more <laughs> organized maybe but the, the, come on we, we've all seen organized the crime isn't nearly as organized as they make it up to be uh no well I'd say the Yakuza and the Mafia is anything else, not not really. Unorganized crime. Unorganized crime. Oh, we didn't even mention the triads, but I, I could see that no one's really interested in being the pawn of a red dragon, right? Lawfare I mean, bust. 
Yeah, Tyler's already got his. Uh... Woo! <laughs> he's, he's already, already signed up committed. for his best boy. Yeah, he's Hell already pretty yes. committed. That's fair. Both of you already have your favorite dragon, so it's just unfortunate that one of them is deceased. Yeah, oh, Rip Lawflayer. Too bad he sucked so bad. Whoa! <laughs> Maybe he'd still be alive if he didn't suck so hard. I don't know. Dang. This revisionist history is <laughs> not my favorite. Also, easy as we've talked about, I'm going to need you to go ahead and put that dead with a big old asterisk next to it, because... Uh... <laughs> You and I both mark. know that that's not true. We know where not, he not fully, where he is. Not fully. Uh, yes. Okay. Not fully dead <laughs> with an asterisk. He's, he's only mostly dead. Yes, he's experienced the Black Knight syndrome from the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> it, it is but a scratch. Uh, if you get that reference, congratulations! I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, I think that's all I've got for the Sulper Rings and organized crime for this evening. Uh, any other parting thoughts? Uh, don't let him beat you with the kendo sticks. Mm, yeah, don't don't let him do that. Unless you're getting recruited. I, I guess. If you I, wanna... I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's true. But if I'm you want to be in the Sulper Rings, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess if yeah. you want to do that. Not you know, I've, I've heard that there's a similar recruitment process for if you want to join the Mormon church, but they use golden plates instead. <laughs> and they beat you with kindness. No, they beat you with the golden plates. That's, <laughs> that's what they're there very for. Very literal metaphor. <laughs> very, very literal. Oh, boy. Well, that's religion, and that's, that's for another day. This is... This is organized crime, okay? Not religious zealotry or crime. Religious crime? Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. We just call it crime. <laughs> I mean... Isn't all organized religion a crime easy at the end of the day? Whoa! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't go on record to it's confirm out. or deny in the Get sixth world. Out. <laughs> so we'll have to leave that one open-ended for uh, a future episode <laughs> oh man well you guys thanks for hanging out uh gotta dodge the vatican assassins now <laughs> um shouldn't be too easy just throw a child in front of you as you run away oh man spicy exit tonight spicy exit oh thank you guys for hanging out with us so long this evening i hope you've enjoyed the episode and we've given you some things to think about and as always you guys we will catch you in the next one the Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sound, audio, video, and or any proprietary materials used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. is granted permission to critical hits to use such names, logos, artwork, photographs, sound, audio, video, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with critical hits in any official capacity whatsoever.